Casey is shocked to know that her brother, Kenny, has actually been in the house the whole time. And Challenge fans collectively scream, us too. Plus, Tori enters a new dimension of mental hell. Horacio not saying something is worse than what Horacio wanted to say the whole time. Amber tells Chauncey he can vote for her if needed. Bananas and Nani don't seem to care very much about winning. And Fessel and Mariah absolutely smoke a mini final, setting up one of the best possible things to happen in a challenge house, a draft. That's right, it's the challenge. Rider Dies Episode 9 recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollibaugh. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me tonight. It's Wednesday night. That means one thing. We're talking ride or dies. It does not mean we're talking the same ride or dies as every week because we've hit that somehow only midway point of the ever long challenge seasons where the format changes and everything changes and now we feel like we're talking about a whole brand new show more or less but we're not ride or dies episode nine that's what we're here to talk about tonight before we begin a couple quick programming notes challenge australia we got the recaps up and running again we did episodes three and four combined on monday we're doing episodes five and six combined on this friday next week we'll do seven and eight on monday nine and ten which we believe to be the finale on next Friday. Yes, that show was canceled over in Australia and just sent straight to streaming. Yes, we've fallen behind on the recaps because I am still, as you will undoubtedly hear tonight, dealing with some after effects of the flu. I don't know if it's bronchitis or what, but this cough is not going away. This throat desperately needs liquid on it at all times. And uh, I'm not going to just sit here and take drinks all the way through every word of this podcast. So you may hear a little scratch. It may sound a little nasally. We may have to take some breaks to re-lubricate, but we're going to get through it just like we're going to get through the Challenge Australia because while it was canceled, I'm really liking it so far Four episodes in and pretty much the rest of it's available to watch now. So if you are trying to get caught up in Binge the Challenge Australia right along with me, listen to the recaps. One, thank you. You're wonderful. Appreciate you doing that. Two, check my Instagram stories tomorrow. That's Thursday. Uh, I will post. Uh, there's been a couple different Twitter accounts posting the full list of all of the links to all of the episodes. I will try to share those on my Instagram. As always, if you go over to most likely to pod on Instagram page has most of the links saved in a highlight. And again, if you just do your own little searching on Reddit, on Twitter, on Instagram, you're going to find those links. Watch Challenge Australia. No one seemed to do it over in Australia, but we in the States or you too, if you are listening in Australia and you didn't actually watch that would be very strange uh, that you like the challenge enough to listen to a podcast from another country, but didn't watch the show. I bet you watched it. I bet you were one of the ones that watched the show, but not that many of you did. So it's canceled. Not here. We're still doing it. Then Survivor Saturdays with Paige over on the most likely to podcast feed. Two weeks left of Survivor counting the one that aired tonight. From the sounds of social media, it was an epic episode. I had to get off of there before anything was ruined for me. Can't wait to watch. Can't wait to talk about it with Paige. Those, as always, come out Saturday mornings. Next week, obviously, then, we just said Australia, Monday and Friday, finishing that season up. Ride or Dies will be back next Wednesday night. With that, 
Let's dive in. A huge episode to talk about. The whole game shifts, massive format change. We knew that was coming. What we didn't know was it was going to take up basically the entire episode and we weren't going to see any eliminations, anyone go home. We should have known, should have just, you know, it's that's how these things work now. They're super long seasons. I don't know how many episodes this is going to go, but at least 15, um, if not if not more, we might be in for a double agents, 18 plus specials and reunions all told when said and done. But for tonight, it's episode nine. Let's dive in. We're scrapping the Cliff Notes recap. We've done away with the Cliff Notes recap. Will it ever come back? I don't know, but it's not here tonight. We're diving right into the storylines, the awards, the power rankings, the predictions. You know what we do. Let's get into it. Ride or dies, episode nine. Here we go. Diving into the storylines of this episode, and look, obviously there is really only one massive thing to talk about, and that is the format change, the draft that took place, the new teams that have been created. We're going to talk about that at length. That is the bulk of what we're going to touch on in this segment, in this entire podcast. But before we do, we do got to talk about a couple other things because what comes with an episode where there's no elimination, no one going home is one of the first episodes all season long where we get kind of a balanced view of checking in with everyone. Everyone gets confessionals this episode. Yes, even Kenny, even Casey. I mean, Casey gets six of them. She's damn near at the top of the list this episode we get check-ins with every one of the teams every one of the players every one of the things that's going on so there's obviously a lot to cover but we're only going to hit the most pertinent and the most important so that we can quickly then get right into talking about the draft and the new teams in the new format so first things first let's just do a a big check-in on good old love loves in the challenge house this season certainly has a lot of love and a lot of romance at least a lot of romance a lot of love maybe man we'll see how any of these if they are defined by love after the fact but at least a lot of romance a lot of hooking up and a lot of messiness because of that and we got to get caught up on a couple things first one is literally the first moments of the episode olivia comes into the house and is immediately already accepting Nelson's hugs and kisses. And I can't believe I'm about to say this, but for once in my life, I agree with one Johnny Bananas on relationship advice, which is wild and not something I ever thought I would say, but make it work for that dude. Like, what are you doing, Olivia? At least give him the cold shoulder for like a minute. Maybe like, be like, hey, yo, I'm hungry after that elimination win that you forced me to do. Can you like go, whatever food they brought us, can you go bring me some? Can like, I get a massage, I'm a little sore. Can like this, that, or that. Like, come on, make this man earn it. Don't just let him throw you into an elimination, picking the guy who stabbed him in the back a couple seasons over you and not at least take advantage of that. Like, you know, come on. I don't know. She's just, she's a wonderful person. She's forgiving. She, you know, so it is what it is, but Olivia Nelson right back together. So that's, that's great. Bananas and Mariah also together, very much getting close, getting tight. He and she are seen kissing very briefly as they speed away to a daily challenge. We see them later cuddling a little bit, talking some strategy. Her really want him on her team, not just because he's good at this game, but also because she wants him on his team. But, uh, you know, we barely kind of see it. We've barely seen it throughout the season. It seems to have not just started happening, and that tells me that maybe it's not all that interesting. Maybe it's a little bit boring, which would actually be a good place to be in the challenge house if you are going to be in a relationship. The boring ones, as far as, you know, how those could go then outside of the challenge house, is a good thing. See Casey and Nani. 
the more boring it is, the more better suited it is for actual real world life versus in the challenge house life. Do I think Bananas and Mariah are the new Casey and Nani? Absolutely not. I don't think so at all. But at least, you know, they've got that going for them that they're a little boring. And that's that's actually a good thing. They get the best of everything in the challenge house. Someone to cuddle with and no one to ruin their storylines or make their lives a living hell while they're being filmed. Then the ones who are kind of starting to make their lives a living hell while being filmed. The real ones that we got to check in on. Jordan and Tori. Jordan and Narice, Tori feeling a certain way, Jordan feeling a certain way, this whole mess that has unfolded. All season long, we've expected this to be one of the biggest storylines, not this specific, you know, this relationship or Jordan and Narice throwing a wrench in things, but we knew Jordan and Tori coming in once we knew they were both going to be on the season. Obviously, it's going to be a storyline. We've been kind of surprised how much of not of a storyline it's been. Up until this point, we've gotten little glimpses of Jordan and Tori getting close, still kind of rekindling some of those feelings or at least being real good friends and able to put the past in the past and get through it in the house up to this episode. When we get those two, um, you know, doing a little wrestle flirting, a little wrestle flirt combo, and we've got to say, who knows when this footage is from? This is one of the things I always want to remember when thinking about this show in any way, but especially certain storylines and when they wrap multiple people in kind of different storylines that are intertwined, like a love triangle situation, you gotta remember that what we're seeing isn't actually necessarily happening in the exact order we're seeing it, probably isn't happening as close to we're seeing it. That footage of the two of them wrestling and everything, is that the same day that we're led to believe the same day that then him and Narice hook up that night? Still a same shit situation for a lot of the folks involved, mainly Tori, but just gotta put that disclaimer out there. No matter what, things happen close together or not, but uh, Tori and Jordan wrestle flirting, you know, is what it is. It's a continuation of what we've seen so far this season that they're at least able to put the things aside. They still got love for each other. There's still a really good side to when they're two of them together and they've been leaning into that a little bit. But now we got Narice in the mix and Jordan Narice getting close. Narice seems to care about Tori's feelings, so that's appreciated, but only cares, you know, so much. And she isn't doing anything wrong at all. Like the two of them are together. They haven't been together for plenty long enough to this, you know, this is no sort of like, you know, you're wrecking a relationship here type of situation, anything of the sort. Would I want to be involved with someone who I know, yes, it might have been a year and a half or whatever it's been, but you haven't seen each other and you met and got engaged on this show that now we're on and it's first time you're seeing each other and you know this is going to turn into a mess if you're her. And so, you know, maybe you can't overcome the feelings you're having, but She's not doing anything wrong. She seems to have, you know, the appropriate amount of care of like, I don't want to be pissing anyone off. It's not me, Olivia, kind of giving her good advice, kind of like there's a moment there where you think Olivia is going to go like full dark and be like, dude, fuck that. Like do it right in front of her. Like, who cares? Like, you know, this, that and the other. She doesn't at all. Olivia's too much of a sweetheart for that, too, but does give some solid advice of like, hey, like. None of that's on you. None of that's your problem. None of that is, you know, like should impact what you want to do with your life and your game and however those things mix. Jordan, for his part, seems genuine in his feelings for Narice, but also kind of seems genuine that he wants to get back at Tori a little bit. And maybe like not in the way like he's specifically like, 
I want to hook up with someone else in front of Tori because I'm mad about how she more kind of hooked. She didn't hook up on screen with anyone, but flirted at multiple times with people on the seasons after. And he feels a certain way about that fair or not kind of somewhat unfair, uh, but also somewhat fair. We don't know the exact story, but we know Tori also thinks not her best moments. Some mistakes were made, as we've heard. Some of them still walking around this house, as she has said. But he definitely feels like a guy who didn't get to get all of his feelings out before, and this is giving him the opportunity to do that. So while I think his feelings for Nerys are genuine, I do think also more genuine than anything else is when the two of them have that conversation, when the blow-up happens and they both kind of let out some things that whether they've said it before or not, they need to say again, they feel the need to get all of that out, and it's tough to watch. I mean, I I struggle as someone who really loves both of them as, you know, characters and people on this show and in the challenge world. Really, really love both of them. You know, if you've listened to this podcast for long, big fan of both, separately, together, pretty much at all times of their time on the challenge. So this one was tough to watch. This has to legitimately suck, like so unbelievably hard. I thought everything up to this moment would suck if you're Tory, especially in this situation. And it would also suck for Jordan and things in the past would really suck for Jordan, having him previously not wanting to come on the show when the two of them would be there together and kind of seeding that like, yeah, Tory's getting invited. So I'm going to stay back. He obviously changed that tune this season because he wants to be on this. Of course he does. Who wouldn't? Who, especially when you're this good at it and had this much fun in the past on it and everything else. So this is hard to watch. It has to suck for both. Really has to suck for Tori. She is just riding through it this season. And it is a testament to the work she continues to say. You know, like I've done so much work on herself. It shows because she's handling this better than I could imagine almost anyone else being capable of doing. It's uh, it's really a lot. And uh, yeah, very hard to watch. Let's move on from all the love or lack thereof in the house to the daily challenge. That'll set us up on the main topic that we're really looking to discuss here. Let's talk about the daily challenge. This one deserves to be called a mini final. Sometimes when they do the whole mini final thing, it's not actually... Doesn't feel like that. This one absolutely feels like that. Six miles carrying a shit ton of weight the whole time. That is, plus, you know, a couple other physical things being asked of them. That is legitimately hard. That is legitimately long. True endurance test. True mini final. Obviously, they stop short of, like, throwing some eating, throwing some water, throwing any real puzzles in there. But that's why it's a mini final. It would be really dumb and really boring if the challenge turned into like actual mini finals, like all the same stages of a final, you know, multiple times during a season and daily challenges. So I like this. It they could they could speed it up a little bit. I mean, there's some good things that we get to see out of this. They could speed it up, though. They could spend even more time on the other parts. That's a common criticism of any daily challenge, almost every daily challenge over the last many seasons running now but especially this one when it turns into like just a lot of people running you know we could see more but we're getting a lot of dynamics from the teams out of it so that's really good except then some of those team dynamics and partner dynamics don't really matter anymore by the end of the episode but that's neither here nor there it's mostly a good daily challenge and it is a legitimately deserving titled mini final Vessel and Mariah they absolutely crush it 
And if pairs were staying together, this would officially have been your pair to beat. They would have been at the top of the power rankings at the end of this podcast, which now are going to go straight male and straight female list instead of pairs, obviously, because there's no pairs left in right power ranking two teams, a little boring. So we're going to do it individually at the end. But if this would have been still in pairs, Fessel and Mariah would have moved up to number one for sure. They've got the endurance. They've got the strength. They've got the smarts, which everyone, you know, is surprised by. But again, like, Fessy has never been dumb. Like, he's never, everyone, I guess, thinks of him as, like, this dumb jock or whatever. And, like, no, he's just, he's very messy with his relationships and hookups. But he's also, like, a great athlete and very smart. And Mariah is proving to be both of those things as well. And just because you think he's messy and you don't really like him, everyone seems to think he's uh, kind of dumb. And he's not. So they prove they've got everything needed. They're the team to beat. And too bad for them that they're not staying together because they definitely would have been the team to beat in my eyes moving forward the rest of this game. But that's not going to happen. Other performances mainly want to talk about Bananas and Nani who make a mockery of things. And it's kind of starting to look bad for the show. It was funny the first time or two, you know, Nani getting pissed at Bananas for not taking it serious. We find out from him off of the show, you know, on his podcast and social media, they're like, hey, we and many people are not trying to win these daily challenges. It's not advantageous to do so. That makes sense strategy-wise, and I don't blame him for doing that. But this one, it it gets to be mockery levels of the game and the show that you're still on. Part of me is laughing and loving it. I, you know, part of me thinks it's hilarious when he's pulling her at the very end and she, you know, yelling like, which way to the zone and this, that, and the other. Part of me is insulted by it though. And it's hard to reconcile those two things together. If there's even a part of me that's insulted by it, that's going to win out over the part that thinks it's like kind of funny and entertaining. And it also makes me feel like I want to give in to some of the conspiracy theories about production helping them and you know maybe the fact they've pulled the safe dagger a couple times and things like that that those fans who want to run with they set all this up they rig everything for certain people this that or the other which i think are just patently wrong 100 percent of the time across the board forever in the history of this show but i'm more sympathetic to those people and those types of comments when it's shit like this where it's like yeah, how is this team not only still here, but like no one's targeting, targeting them? How have they not been in an elimination? How do they get to just fuck off this much and just not care this much during the daily challenges and it does not matter? Yeah, it just, it's starting to look a little bad. But anyway, either way, like either way you feel about it, whether you love it and you think it's funny and good or you think it's completely insulting or you're somewhere in the middle like me, either way, Maybe don't end up in a position where you have to tell production, quote, I swear we care about this, end quote. That's not a place you want to be. And Nani ends that when, you know, Bananas is out there being like, oh, which way to the zone? Nani has to give the I swear we care about this to the entire production staff. And I just, I think that's not a place that you want to be. Everyone else does about as expected in this challenge. I thought Devin and Tori would do a little bit better, which is to say I thought they would win. Um and really is just giving more credit to Fessel and Mariah because Devin and Tori do great. They kind of come in second, or don't kind of, they do come in second. They're the furthest along behind everyone else when they all get to stop. Uh, you know, Amber and Chauncey, I'm getting a little worried about Chauncey now. We're still not seeing a whole lot from my guy. I wanted to love them coming in. I thought they were going to be awesome. I thought he was this crazy athlete, and so far I'm not seeing anything great. Olivia and Horacio, that little blow up, like, 
yeah, like, I get it, dude. Uh, like, he's just walking away instead of blowing up on his partner. It's not that big of a deal. Olivia's just too good at television. She knows, like, well, I'm going to be upset about this or make this, you know, like, the cameras are here. I got to do something worthwhile entertaining. So she does that. But totally get where Horacio is coming from. And then Norris, yet again, showing out, doing a great job. Puzzle throws him back from, you know, being right up there near in contention for the win. But she's handling, carrying the weight as one of the most slight women there and you know not fitting between that board as easy as everyone else to just throw it up on the shoulders of back she really good performance yet again and so across the board everyone not named bananas and nani good performance we know what we were going to get from jordan and anisa we're about to talk about the draft jordan of everyone is the biggest winner of the rest of this episode all right, here we go. We buried the lead for far too long. Let's talk about the draft and the teams and the format switch and who got fucked and who got boosted and everything in between. We've got ourselves a draft. Drafts work in the challenge. If you listen to any of the recent, and I know they haven't been that recent anymore, but the rewatch series we've been doing this year, it's come up quite a few times. Drafts in the challenge work. It works every time. I said it on the 100th episode. One of my 100 takes was how great drafts were in the challenge house. Do more drafts. I love a draft. It works every single time. And I think it works here in a real, real way. Obviously, storied history with drafts in the challenge. We got Fresh Meat 1 and 2. We got Cutthroat. We got War of the Worlds 1. Plus some other smaller ones within there. Uh, during format changes and stuff some kind of picking of partners and different things that don't quite uh you know get rise to the level of drafts but are close fresh me one and two though both super memorable super great worked incredibly well a true draft combine and all cutthroat another one last place three people get to pick their teams for what ended up turning into an amazing season that one worked war of the world's one you get to draft your partner off of that and with the switcheroo of who gets to pick their partner between the rookies and the vets everything about it it works every single time and it works here in a big way too now with that being said i love that it happened in this episode i love a draft i think it was good i enjoyed the last 45 minutes of this episode where we're just thinking about who are these teams going to be who's going to pick who how's it going to shake out but i also really want to stand by my you know long-held beliefs that one format would have been better. Why do we got to do the format changes? So I'm, I'm torn again. I'm torn on so many things in this episode. But why do we got to do the format changes? Why does it have to be this way? Why can't it just be? It's a partner season from start to end. There can be, you know, let the mercenaries you bring in be the twist. Let the fact that we started the season and added teams as we took them away for the longest time. Let that be the twist. We don't have to have even more. We don't have to. It's just... The twist should just be, hey, there's not that many teams left. Only three, you know, go now. And so two of the three are going into elimination and only one is going to be safe from the draw. Whatever. That that makes sense. That's easier. And it's not changing anything other than just there's smaller numbers. So there's less picks to be made. That's easy. Let's just stick with one format all the way through. That's what I want. I know so many fans out there just want that too. Let TJ walk out episode one, say, here's the format. It ain't changing. And let it be what it is. Because... This is exciting. It makes for a fun episode. I love a draft in a challenge house, but it also drags the season out. It makes it wait another episode longer because we're not eliminating anyone. And your goal this whole time has been to make us care about these pairs, make us think about these rider dies and how they interact with each other, this, that, and the other. You want us to get invested in them just to rip it away and throw us into teams and 
I'm very torn over that because yes, they at least picked the best possible version of how this was going to happen and doing the draft setting and not just having TJ pick it or not having the results of the daily challenge be the exact results you end up on the team. But I also want to stick to my guns that I want one format the whole way through. But we don't get one format the whole way through. We get a draft. Let's talk about it here. Fessel and Mariah, they got to make the picks. They get their strategy session together in deliberation, which I thought in the moment that they're doing it, like I went into that and I was like, what are they even doing here? They said he were going to draft or make the picks at the zone. And then they go into that room and I'm like, wait, is this like the official shit? Like if this, when they leave this room, do they got to like have it picked out and that's what it's going to be? How I wonder, I bet one of them will maybe say maybe on social media after the fact now, what they kind of came to an agreement on in that room. If how close things actually looked at to that when they actually then drafted the teams later. I don't know. I bet I bet it was pretty close together. But let's go through this draft. Let's go through pick by pick. I've got a couple questions near the end, mostly for production and the rules. But starting with the first two picks. First two picks are spot on. There's no other way this was going to go. They're both exactly correct for all the exact correct reasons. Vessel takes Casey. She's the best female player there. She's your number one. So you've got alliance building in within your team, which they both are kind of in agreement here. It seems like everyone's in agreement. You want your alliance within your team as much as you want some people on the other team. They don't know who's going to pick what yet, but seems like everyone's on the same assumption. So you got to assume one way or the other. I'm going with, I want my team to have my back. So she's the best female player. She's his number one and now on his team. So they're building their own alliance within their team. And Kenny is the worst guy there and is now going to the other team. Those are all wins. Obviously, Casey should be the number one pick by Fessel. Same with Jordan. Jordan is the best male there. He is a free agent vote from an alliance standpoint. He's not necessarily tethered to anyone now that he's not tied to Anissa, which ties him to Tori. He's kind of a free agent really out there in the game at this point. And it sends Anissa to the other team, which you don't want her on yours. So you want to send her to the other. So Casey and Jordan make absolute perfect sense. Absolutely, that's how it should go. Then I've got questions about the rules after that, though, because in order, if we just go Fessel's picks, let's just look at it from Fessel's side of things here to make it easy and only say one side. He picks a female. He's then given a female out because of Mariah's pick. So given female, meaning Mariah made a pick that ride or die comes to Fessel's team. So first pick, Fessel picks a female. He's then given a female. Then he picks a male. Then he's given a male, and then he gets to pick a male again before being given two females to end things and get it to four and four on both teams. So at the point where he picks a female, he's given a female, he picks a male, he's given a male, should he not then be picking a female in the spot that he gets to pick Nelson? He gets to double up and end, get to his fourth male on his team while there's only two on the other side and then just be given the final two women that are standing there i mean he picks tory but like they make it seem like does he get to pick between tory and devon and just go he if he wanted to have gone five guys three girls he could have i don't think so he is given tory at the end as well as given the last pick before that which i don't have the exact order in front of me right now so i don't know what it is but he gets to pick Nelson in that spot. It doesn't seem like he should be getting to pick Nelson. It seems like in that moment, he should have had to either pick Narice, Olivia, or Tori, one of the women left, 
and then leave it up to chance how that would end up. So yet again, as always in the challenge, what are the rules? Who's making them? Who's following them? What's going on? Because I the order they get to pick in doesn't seem to make sense at all to me because Nelson is also the pick the first time TJ says, Fessel, now you can pick someone versus pick a woman or pick a man for your team. So I don't know, but that's where things really devolve. Uh, everything else up until that point makes sense from both sides and that's really the only time that i'm like yeah this isn't this isn't this isn't good here for anyone because again casey's the right pick jordan's the right pick fessel then goes with bananas which is the smart pick at the end of the day pick bananas over uh over nelson and because you've already got casey with you you know you're kind of going to be running things on your team from an alliance standpoint so it's okay that banana's there even if you don't want to necessarily work with them alliance wise mariah picks amber that's the other one where i'm like tori's right there because that doesn't change anything other than it you know at the end her picking amber over tori means that she ends up with amber and devon versus chauncey and tori I don't know how where I land on that, but yes, it at least makes the like strength side of things stack up a little more evenly. The size side of things stack up a little more evenly. I don't know how much that's going to matter, but and you know, it's Amber's a champion, and Devin's really freaking good at this, and is still very much underrated within the season. So I think they actually come she comes out of it better because I like the combo of Amber and Devin more, but within the context of the rest of the team. And just, I don't know, is with I, I've been trying to put some respect on Amber's name all season because no one else wants to. Everyone in the house wants to forget that she is a challenge champion and a deserved challenge champion. But I still ride with probably Tori in that spot. Fessel then takes Nelson again. Feels like he shouldn't be allowed to take Nelson there, but he does. Mariah then takes Horacio, which is, you know, it's Horacio or Devin and... I get this pick because I want Devin over Horacio, but I want Olivia to go to the other team over Tori, but Tori ends up there anyways, so it doesn't ultimately matter, so pick Devin, um, but then you're probably ending up with Horacio and Devin because all the guys are picked, and so none of it matters. Once they let Fessel pick Nelson, the rest of it is just decided because of how they have to get to four and four on both teams, so I don't know. It's a bit of a mess, but it is still a fun mess, and I still have a great time with it. But now let's talk about the teams that we are left with because one team is Fessel, Casey, Anissa, Bananas, Chauncey, Nelson, Olivia, and Tori. The other team, Mariah, Kenny, Jordan, Nani, Amber, Norris, Horacio, Devin. Now, Fessel squad is about to dominate. They say that right away. They frame it that way. They have Devin talk about it, but it's also just true. Um, Jordan's got a lot of work in front of him. Devin's got a lot of puzzles in front of him. Amber and Norris and Nani and Mariah. Actually, you know, like now that I'm reading it, like from an endurance standpoint, they're great. And if this was just these eight versus these eight in a final, I would kind of almost like where I'm at with Mariah's squad. But they've got to get to the final first. They've got to win some daily challenges to not be completely and utterly decimated and face each other in day in eliminations. And if I'm looking to win daily challenges, I want Fessel. I want Casey. I want Bananas. I want Tori. I want Nelson, weirdly, now this season. And I'm not as concerned about Anissa until 
that final because yes, some of them like this daily challenge in this episode, she's gonna drag it down in a big, big way. But most of the ones, she's gonna be an absolute great team member to have, the experience comes in clutch, all of that. Plus, you know, it's nice to have the one kind of obvious person to throw into elimination if you end up there. Which brings me to, yes, Fessel's team, I think, is going to dominate the daily challenges and, you know, have way more people left when it comes to a final, which won't be in teams. It will be individual. I'm positive of that. Not a spoiler, just is going to be what it's going to be. They're not going to end up letting, like, six versus two in a final again. They're just not going to do it. I don't think so. I could be wrong. Who knows? But Fessel is also just in an incredible spot. This works out so well for him. He is protected within his team. His team's better. It's him, Casey, Anissa, Tori, and Nelson. Five of the eight of their team have obvious reasons to work together. Fessel, Casey, and Nelson now very much a trio. Anissa and Tori have been a part of Casey's alliance for three seasons running now and with kind of Fessel and Nelson at different times. So Bananas is definitely not on the inside with his team. We've also got very obvious Chauncey and Olivia like you're on the bottom. Anissa, you're on the bottom kind of because they're going to eventually want to get rid of you. I can only imagine Johnny Bananas' storied history of saying, get rid of the weak link before the final. Him and Anissa, look out for that. That's an early prediction before we get to actual predictions for next week and beyond. But mark that one down. That's happening. Johnny's going to be the first to be like, well, we know who we need to get rid of before the final here, don't we? Team, that's going to happen. Mariah Squad also has some people in at least solid position for a while. Because yes, even if they lose the next couple daily challenges, just say goodbye, Kenny and Narice and Horacio and Mariah. Because, uh, you know, the rest of your team's probably sticking together. You know, uh, Nani and Devin and Jordan and who Amber, maybe if they want to give any, I don't know. I guess this team could go anyway. This could be the team that's like, Amber's like, well, I've already been looking, working with the rookies. So now Amber, Norris, Horacio, Mariah, can they get Kenny in there? No, Kenny's going to do whatever the hell Nani and Casey tell him to do. Devin maybe is the one that could swing that and be like, let's throw Jordan and Kenny in there just to get rid of Kenny. And then let's throw Horacio and Jordan in there and like team up with the others. But this just feels like it's going to be some rookie bloodbath on that side of things. And if it gets to just Jordan and Devin and, you know, Nani and Amber, that foursome real fierce in a final. But again, they're not going to run the final together. So none of this matters. Overall, we've got two new teams. It's interesting. I wish they would have been one format the whole way through because it didn't. I knew it wasn't going to be. I love that they at least went the draft route. We get some fun out of it. I don't understand the rules. Fessel's team is going to dominate. Fessy is in the best position coming out of this. Nani is kind of in a shit position, not getting to be with Bananas or Casey, but could also be in the best possible position if this turns out the other team gets to vote on stuff for you. So I like where she's at. I like where Nelson's at. I hate where I'm at if I am Kenny, but there wasn't going to be a good situation for you. Anywhere in any of this, I kind of hate where I ended up if I'm Norris, who's been doing so, so well, and now I feel like is kind of on the bottom and uh, yeah, that's who shakes out where with the new teams.
Let's rip through some awards. Best quote, best moment, episode MVP, best quote. I still don't have the recording abilities at this time. We'll hopefully be having that back next week. So one more time, you got to stop it through me just reading them versus getting to hear them again. Three nominees. First goes to Mariah. Quote, bananas looks like a cat trying to not touch the water. Everyone is on the same page, but bananas is kind of in a whole other world. End quote, which yes, his strategy makes absolutely no sense. There was no way they were going to be successful with that. But he and Nani clearly don't give a fuck. So good job, Mariah, at least getting a quote in there in a kind of quote light episode. The next two nominees both go to my guy, Devin, always providing even when no one else seems to want to. First one, quote, oh, you're comfortable? Eat shit. We're switching it up, end quote, which is an appropriate way to say how production kind of treats the game and fans sometimes at this point in the challenge's history. And then third and final nominee and the winner, even if it's about a situation that makes me kind of cringe a little bit, like I don't like any of this, I don't want to see this, but it's still a good quote nonetheless. Quote, I can see the snowball rolling down the hill. We've got an F4 tornado on the horizon and it's only a matter of time before this challenge volcano erupts. End quote. That's a lot of different weather-related analogies being made. We got snow, we got tornadoes, we got volcanoes. That's a lot going on, but that's describing what I can only imagine is going through Tori's head. A hell of a lot. So accurately done by Devin. That wins the quote of the week. As for best moment, first one, nominee number one. Casey, remembering that her brother was there. What an incredible thing for her to say in the confessional. She knows what she's doing. She can be really good at this. I know she can. She just chooses not to be because she knows she'll get invited back because she's dating Nani and she's fucking winning everything. So, you know, you're going to have her back. But that personality's there. And she she can be funny. She can be good. I like her. There's just, it's almost never there. Is never put on display, but then we get this moment very self-aware. I can't, I forget that my brother's even here. All of us too. Same joke was made by a thousand different people on Twitter and other and social media. And they were all great because it was a phenomenal moment. Hilarious moment. Second nominee. Bananas. 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 Nani, banani, nanny, banani, whatever. Bananas and nani. Ending up in last place and both... The moment, there's two different ones here. There's nominee number two, which is Bananas and Nani when Bananas is just sitting down and Nani is just laughing about it and they're both, he's just chilling or whatever. And then nominee number three is not only just them, but everyone who loses. The kind of trio of moments we get uh, Bananas and Nani just not giving a fuck, apologizing to production for how much they don't care. Tori and Devin both being like, Wait, do we lose? No, we didn't lose. Yeah, we lost. Okay, whatever. Like the whole moment between them is very fun. Devin is just so good at this, as always. And then Horacio and Olivia's little moment being upset at each other. Horacio walking off, Olivia just playing the hell out of it. All of that moment wrapped into one is great. But the fourth and final nominee and the winner of the whole thing, obviously, with respect to Casey and Kenny, who I appreciate her for showing up, the draft. Man, come on. It's draft. It's draft's good. It, even if we would prefer it have stuck to the one format the whole way through it's still a draft in the challenge house it's amazing i love it it's fun it's interesting it's the moment of the episode and then for the episode mvp honorable mention goes to mariah jordan tori and devin mariah obviously very prevalent in this episode amazing job in the daily challenge got to be on this list jordan obviously doing a lot this episode him and tori him and the reese him in the daily challenges just constantly being in far far last place but still yelling at people that he's going to catch him and beat him which is fun it's a good time 
Um, he doesn't get super pissed at his partner. He yet again gets through the Anissa experience. He's at the end. He's done with the Anissa as a partner experience. He did it. He got to the through. That deserves an honorable mention MVP vote, if anything. And then you've got Tori, who is handling all this as well as you could ever imagine someone would. Gotta suck. But she's very prevalent in this episode. She makes a huge impact on the episode. So she finds herself in third. Second, in a sneaky second place, is Devin. He's great in the confessional booth this episode. He's kind of doing a lot of narration for a bunch of different things that's going on. He's kind of got his hand in different things, whether it's the Tory Jordan stuff where he's the one there talking with her, whether it's, you know, laying out these teams and being on kind of the wrong end of the first iteration of these teams and talking about that at the end. Just funny quotes. The whole thing, Devin, real good performance, plus really good performance in the daily challenge for him and Tory both. And then... Though, of course, those four can only be honorable mention because only one person's going to win. And yeah, the fan club, you know, not many people may have been joining me here. And by not many people, I mean damn near no one has joined the Fessel fan club this season. But spots are still open. And guess what? The party's good. We have good fan club meetings every single week. And this week was an amazing one because Fessel is the MVP of this episode he dominates the daily challenge he's got the nice vulnerable moment to open the episode or near the open of the episode with him and mariah talking about how you know like he just wants to be like bananas and jordan he thinks he's as good as them but he knows he's lost a bunch i'm sure almost anyone watching that's like this cocky motherfucker thinks he's better than these people this that and the other i appreciate the vulnerability i appreciated him being like i think of myself that way that's how i've achieved things in my life is by Thinking that way, having this positive self-talk, having this belief, but also I do acknowledge I've lost everything in the challenge house and I want to change that and it's really affecting him. I love that moment. I'm sure anyone listening to this might be turning this off right now because you're like, really, you're going to talk about Fessel more? Like, why do you like this guy? He's, he's, just, he's just an amazing member of the challenge cast. He just is. And y'all got to get over it because it just continues to prove that I'm right. On this instance, I just know, I, I don't know, I, I am right. I don't know I'm right, I am right. The way Fessel knows he's better than all of these people athletically, I know I am right about Fessel being an amazing, amazing challenge cast member, and I love it. The fan club is celebrating tonight an unbelievable performance. He puts himself in an incredible position, such a good position, that will he be at the top of the all-new individual power rankings? Let's find out, Fessel fan club riding high tonight let's talk power rankings i got so excited just thinking about it and all the celebrating we had to take a quick break but now we're gonna talk power rankings here and of course we're not doing pairs we're not doing teams because that would be silly just say fessel's team is ranked ahead of the other team right now there you go power ranking done that's no fun so we're doing individual because we assume we, we kind of know. There's no way this season ends in two teams, I don't think. Uh, at least not in, like, whatever's left of these two teams that we now have. There's going to be more change that's coming. I assume at the end of the day, there's going to be one male and one female winner that comes out of this, whether they do it in a pair, whether they're individuals, whether they work with a bunch of different people at different times, whether they're teams, right up until the end, I don't know. But... For the time being, we're doing power rankings individually. How does everyone fare in the game on their own? Let's talk the men's side first. And guess what? Yep, your boy is number one. Fessel's got to be number one. He's got everything it takes. Yes, if he has to run a final straight up for his Jordan and Bananas, I'm taking him third. But 
he's in the best position in the house to get to the final now, which means then that for the time being, while we're still quite a few episodes away from that final, I'm going to give him the edge. And mostly I just want to continue the celebration that the fan clubs have tonight. Fessel is in first. Then comes the two guys that should be the favorites to win the final and they both look to be in solid-ish position to get there. Jordan, number two. Bananas, number three. If Jordan gets to a final, he will win the final, guaranteed right now. He, If he gets there, he's going to win. Hands down, barring any chicanery where they you know, reset everything and none of it matters except for the last puzzle or something. But his the endurance shape he's in at this point, if he gets to do it on his own in any sort of capacity, he's going to smoke the field. He's in second. Bananas is in third. Devin's in fourth. Nelson's in fifth, Horacio, Chauncey, and Kenny bringing up the rear. Kenny is out of here now that he's not protected by being with Casey. Easy vote. No one's going to be upset about it, even Kenny himself. Chauncey also is just alliance-wise. He's going to be the first thrown in from his side of things. Horacio, the same. The rookie, is. it's, it's going to come back to bite you now. Hopefully his team can win more often than they lose, and he can maybe win some eliminations if he's doing them solo. So those three, obviously at the bottom, the vets on the bottom, the rook- or the vets on the top, the rookies on the bottom. On the female side, big brother duo is taking both top spots because Casey's number one for sure in a great position on her team, on the better team. If she makes a final, she is one of the obvious threats to win it on the female side. I put Tori in second. I put Nani in third. Mariah in fourth, Amber in fifth, Nerese in sixth, Olivia in seventh, Anissa in eighth. Anissa's in eighth because she can't win the final. Um, maybe if it was if it was her and Jordan, there was a world where it could happen. Again, if they do a little reset at the end, but I just don't see a world where she is going to be able to win the final. So she's by default got to be on the bottom because everyone else, I could see a world where they could win it if they got there. But Olivia and Nerese on the bottom the rookie thing as well i think is going to now really really suck even more than it already did for them amber in mariah in that fifth fourth they definitely got a shot at this but i just love where nani tori and casey are sitting politically in the game within their teams and then i like tori and casey at the top to win the final if they are to get there as for the preseason predictions now we've got our new power rankings updated preseason predictions we don't lose anyone this episode, so we don't lose any. We still got six of our ten finals picks around. Bananas, Nani, Tori, Devin, Chauncey, and Amber. Chauncey and Amber now it's split up. I don't think I'm going to end up right on that one, but who knows? We'll see. And then Tori and Devin winning, you know, we'll see what happens now. I liked them to win when they were a pair. Individually, a little bit tougher sledding. Uh, you know, obviously, they fall where they fall on the power rankings. Devin moves a lot further down, and not that far, but fourth is way lower than the first place he and Tori had been in together. As for weekly predictions, we finally got back on track. We went three for three last week. We said there would be a format change. We said Anissa was going to not like her partner this week, which I think it's fair to say, given everything that happens between Jordan and Tori, Anissa doesn't like her partner this week. And we said Casey and Kenny will speak, and they spoke a whole heck of a bunch. So we got three right. That's awesome. Our predictions for next week. We don't get a next week on this episode. We get a this, the rest of the season trailer, which has a lot going on. We see Balls In, which is the number one most important thing. We get, we're get we going to get a Balls In match. Very excited. Please let it be better than Enzo and David was on Challenge USA. Please, 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 please. Hopefully that was enough pleases. But predictions for next week. Fessel's team wins the first daily of the new format. That's prediction number one. Fessel's team comes out on top and they get to keep hammering this narrative that one team's way better than the other when in fact... It's not all that much, unless it's like a lifting competition or like a who weighs more competition, 
One team is significantly better, but otherwise they're pretty more even than they let on. But that narrative is going to build because prediction number one, Vessel's team will win the daily. Prediction number two then, Kenny versus Horacio, Mariah versus Norris, rookie bloodbath in the elimination. I don't know which team's going to get to pick who's going in, but I think no matter what, if Vessel's team wins and Mariah's team is on the losing end, then we're looking at Kenny versus Horacio and Mariah versus Norris in the elimination because I also assume that we're still getting rid of two people once we start getting rid of people again. Third and final prediction then, Devin will be the first person to scheme with the other team he'll be the first one to cross the barrier cross the boundaries and make sure that he's still got friends over there on the other team and that if things turn into a we vote for the other team sort of situation he's in a very good spot so that's your predictions that's your teams that's your super long podcast about an episode that was really good really fun changed up the game a lot to cover we've covered it all so with that Thank you, as always, for being here, for listening, for being loyal, wonderful supporters. I love all each and every one of you. Hit me up on Instagram at Challenge Historian. DMs are always open. If you want to talk challenge, hit the follow, subscribe button wherever you may be listening to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. And then, of course, check out Challenge Australia. We'll be back on Friday. We're hitting episode five and six. We're doing seven, eight next Monday, nine and ten next Friday. The rest of the season coming in quick succession on this podcast feed. So go out there, find those links. They're very easy to find out on Reddit, on Twitter, anywhere else on the internet. Very easy to find at this point. Watch them, binge them, love it. I think it's really good. I think it's going to, hopefully, it's in a little lull here, episode three and four. I think it's going to pick back up and listen to those recaps as they come out. Otherwise, I will talk to you next week. If you're not watching Challenge Australia, if you're listening to Survivor, Survivor Saturdays with Paige. It's supposed to be an epic episode. I'm about to hit play. It's going to be a good time. So until we talk again, peace.